Hello and welcome to What the Tech from Ghost AI, where we talk with some of the brilliant minds behind new and exciting tech initiatives to learn what it takes to tackle technological uncertainty and eventually change the world. Today, I'm thrilled to speak with Maria Konikov, Director of Operations for the York Entrepreneurship Development Institute, also known as Yeti, which is a mission-oriented charitable organization providing top-tier business education and mentorship to innovative entrepreneurs from any sector or industry. Serving Toronto, the York region, and internationally-based ventures, Yeti offers an array of programs to for-profit and not-for-profit innovators from a diversity of sectors, both across Canada and internationally. At its core, however, Yeti is committed to ensuring that the ideas with high impact are not lost due to a lack of knowledge during the startup process. It's a tall order for sure. And as I'll leave it to her to get into the nitty gritty of what her and her team at Yeti does every day and how they're supporting the local and global tech ecosystem. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Maria. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for that introduction. It's great to be here. Awesome. We're very happy to have you. So for starters, let's lead in with um, you telling us a little bit about yourself. I know you're based up in York, but what brought you there and how did you get into the startup scene in the first place? Sure, absolutely. Uh, so my background is I studied entrepreneurship in university and now I have my MBA as well. Um, but when I was studying entrepreneurship, I had this epiphany that I don't want to work in a large company. I had a co-op placement in a very, very large um top 500 company and it was just not for me. So I went on and started my own business and I realized uh, that the magic really is in entrepreneurship. And then one day uh, my mom would just send me random job postings because she was hard for her to understand the concept of only working like one or two days a week and then having the same salary as you would make in a month or two at a corporate job. So uh, one day she just, uh, it was 10 years ago, she just sent me this job placement for this company called Yeti that was just getting started. And it looked really interesting. It was something that was just starting. They were solving a really important issue. Um, back when they started, there was really no uh, other incubator offering this sector agnostic support to entrepreneurs in York region and just in, in Ontario in general. There were a lot of very specific tech incubators and, and those sorts of things, but it was to me, it seemed like an interesting opportunity to start something very new from the bottom up. So I applied and the rest is history. We started with one program and now we grew into um, an academic institute. We're designated by the government of Canada under startup visa. We have programs around the world and um, many other interesting things that I'm happy to get into. But that's how I personally got into it. And yes, we do have our main location is in North York here in uh, Toronto, North York. We have another office in York region. And then we're building our business acceleration campus in Israel and a few other remote locations around the world. That is amazing. A truly, truly global footprint that you guys have built so far over there. Um, I love that sentiment that you had when you were talking about what you wanted for your career and how the big company placement, it just wasn't for you. That was something that I can relate to. I think everyone at Boast can really relate to that too. We share that mentality. We are entrepreneurs at heart, I think, and that we're hungry and we don't want to just be clocking in, clocking out. We want to make sure that we're actually driving some impact and we're doing fun things. And we don't want to be bored. <laughs> Not that I think boredom happens in big companies, but it's so much more exciting when you're kind of saddled up with that entrepreneur side. Yeah, absolutely. When there's something new happening every day and no two days are the same. So that's really where the excitement is. And it definitely, like you said, knowing that you're moving something forward and making a real impact. I love it. Yeah. And I also really appreciate, before we go too deep into what Yeti is doing today, um, you had mentioned that there had been no sector agnostic incubator or accelerator necessarily in the space. Um, personally, did you 
want to maybe play a hand in a specific sector or industry? Or was it just kind of like the sky's the limit in terms of let's just drive innovation? Right. So before I started working at Yeti, I didn't really have a strong familiarity with what incubators and accelerators are. It was not as prevalent as it is today, and there was not as much awareness of it. So to me, I I knew that there were tech accelerators and incubators like Mars and Venture Lab and things like that. And then when I came to Yeti and the founder, Dr. Murat Retsen, shared with me his vision and why it's important to be sector agnostic and how how everyone, regardless of which industry they're in, the principles and the basics are the same across the board. And if you get those down, then having many sectors in one cohort will only benefit you because you're going to learn from each other, you're going to work with each other, and it's really going to help you grow. Actually, funny, like not funny, but interesting how it started was that we had both for-profit and not-for-profit ventures in the same cohort, which was really something that no one has ever done before. And the reason for that is because Dr. Essen saw that the for-profit companies oftentimes were focused on the profit, especially when they were just getting started. Um, so having the nonprofit socially minded ventures in the group would teach them to have more of a social mission and to have something beyond the profit as their mission going forward. Whereas the nonprofit company, com- founders and companies have a big heart and a big passion for helping people and for what they do. But oftentimes they don't have the business acumen. So what happens is they rely strongly on donors and grants and they end up uh, falling short of achieving their mission. So it was really useful to have them both in the same group. And some of them ended up collaborating together and creating something brand new, which was really phenomenal. Oh, that's a winning recipe right there, honestly. And I love also that for the not-for-profit too, I think for a for-profit company to have that success long-term, they need that social mission. They need to have more than just profits behind them and getting exposure to people who are passionate directly within that not-for-profit realm Beautiful. That is fantastic. It's a long-term recipe again. Right. Um, and you started talking about this, but digging into Yeti a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I know that you spoke a little bit to the Genesis story more or less, but tell me more about the founders, what the original goals were, and just what the trajectory has been since you started. Absolutely. So it's a really interesting story. Dr. Resson, um, he lived his entire life in Moscow and he was a successful businessman. He had many companies and his specialty was rehabilitating businesses. So what he would do is he would go into a business that's struggling, rework the business model and then reconfigure it, make it a profitable business, sell it off and keep going. So his expertise was in rehabilitating businesses and in real estate. And then he came. He decided to immigrate to Canada with his family. He came to Canada, and then he was approached by BDC. Since they knew he had this um, strong business acumen and experience, they said, can you mentor some of our applicants? We want to give them the loan. We want to invest in them, but they're not ready. They're about 85% ready, and we want you to help them get to 100%. So he said, yes, absolutely. He would take on one, two, five companies, and then he realized that his impact is just limited. He's one person. So he came up with this. He thought, what can he do to help more people, more entrepreneurs? And he started looking more into it, saw that there's a need, and then spoke to colleagues. And that's how Yeti got started. So Yeti got started yeah, in 2013. And we had our first partnership was with the Schulich Executive Education Center, the Schulich School of Business. That's where we launched our first incubator program. And uh, we worked together for many years after that. And that's how Yeti got started. And since then, um, we now have 
specific streams for for-profit ventures that are innovative. We have uh, for-profit, uh, not-for-profit, sorry. We have international programs. We have an academic diploma, which is a full one-year accredited program. Um, we have programs around the world and we have a venture capital fund. We issue um, grants. And then we have two physical locations that offer space and other supports. So in the last 10 years, we, we grew quite a bit from this one program. Absolutely. And that is an expansive suite of offerings from even just having the physical locations along with all the mentorship and resources that you folks bring to the table. Um, I think those are some very clear differentiators between a standard accelerator or even an incubator program. But are there any other differentiators about Yeti that you'd like to highlight compared to maybe other think tanks even in the space? Sure. So I think Yeti has something really special about it where it's a community. Anyone who goes through our programs becomes part of our Yeti family, where they can always come back to us. They can always have access to our mentors, to our resources. And we have entrepreneurs that finished the program 10 years ago, and they still work with the mentors and the program advisors. And they go on to work even with other entrepreneurs down the road. So I feel like our secret sauce or our sweet spot is helping these entrepreneurs across the board and offering them the full community. So um, why I see many entrepreneurs fail is because they try to go at it alone or they don't want, they are not able to access the information that they need. And then when they come to Yeti, they get both the education, the information, the mentorship, and then the support of a community as well. That is amazing. So I know it's probably hard to pick a favorite and you don't probably want to call out a specific project or success, but are there any um, community members that have come out of Yeti that you're specifically proud of or that you really want to cheerlead or shine a light on? Uh, as you said, there are many. Um, yeah. I can give you an example of some someone who's working on something really special. His name is Further. He's from Ukraine. He came through our international program through the startup visa program. His company is call, called Four Blind, so the number four blind. And what he develops is uh, equipment to help those that are blind and deaf. So he developed a special glove that helps them communicate so they can put on this glove and then with Braille and special technology, they can communicate with the person sitting in front of them. Um, he has a special pad that he's developing that allows you through Braille to see images, um, to see images. But uh, this is a, it gives you like as if you're looking at the picture and he's working on a lot of really innovative technology that is both uh, socially minded to help these individuals and is really doing something to change the world. Um, another international example, we just recently had someone who came through the startup visa program with his venture and is now going to be an instructor at Yeti in our diploma program, which is something that we're really excited to bring this, this international minded um vision and experience to help Canadian entrepreneurs. And what I mentioned from the first cohort, another really um, special example is we had a program for those that are in a wheelchair to dance. So there was one able-bodied person and one person in a wheelchair, and then they would dance together to help the one who's in the wheelchair so that their muscles don't atrophy. And then we actually had a ballet academy in the program as well. And they ended up partnering together and developing a special wheelchair that is specifically used for dancing. And they went on to found just uh, this other third venture that ended up being sold off. And it was really special. That is so, that's special. That's the thing. It's very, very unique. My uh, mother works locally for a company that provides resources to the blind. Um, so hearing about that for blind initiative immediately sparked my interest. But um, it's so unique to hear that, again, this melding kind of of the 
for-profit mindset with the truly mission-oriented and not-for-profit mindset. Yeah. And the amazing things you can do, both in terms of productionalizing certain items, coming up with new solutions and products, but also just helping out those communities. I love that. That is, I could pick your brain separately on that for a while. And another thing that you highlighted in that answer too, was just how truly international everything is that you're doing. It's not just necessarily limited to the York region. That's where you guys are based, but you're trying to help all folks with great ideas, entrepreneurs get access to those resources and that knowledge. Yeah. And this is one of the benefits of COVID. We weren't able to have our programs in person. So we went ahead and we did this massive uh, upgrade to our equipment. And now we have a hybrid learning environment where entrepreneurs from across Canada and just around the world can connect through the Zoom interface, but really feel like they're part of the classroom. So they're not just listening to, to someone speaking on Zoom. They can really interact with the rest of the classroom, which is something that's truly exciting and is making our reach even more effective. That is very important because I know that a lot of folks got kind of the Zoom fatigue over COVID. Yeah. Every company was putting out webinars. It was a struggle to really get those communities to feel like they were in the community still when we were miles apart in many instances. Absolutely. So. Yeah, creating that actual virtual classroom, like you said, it's a true hybrid experience. That's incredible. And that's something that you really, really need, especially because it can feel hopeless when you're going it alone, but you really believe in what you're doing. Yes, yes, very much so. That's definitely one of the things we always champion is that don't do it alone. I love it. Yeti, join another accelerator, but just don't do it alone. I love it. Yeah. So now talking about the community and talking about partners in the community, I know that Yeti does work with, yeah, as you had mentioned, um, other institutes and also just other thought leaders in the space to bring these resources to those startups and to those entrepreneurs. Could you talk to me about how you bring that community together a little bit, both as the companies that you're helping and also those thought leaders who are helping build the actual programs with you? Sure. So the interesting thing about successful entrepreneurs is that they were once a startup and they know the struggle of being a startup and going at it and every day in and out. So when they do get successful, one of the first things they want to do is to give back. So we have a long list of mentors that are subject matter experts in their field, and they reach out to us and they say, please connect us with entrepreneurs. We want to help them. And if for some reason we don't connect them with enough entrepreneurs, they follow up and they say, hey, what's going on? Do you have a program going on? I want to speak with an entrepreneur. So that's one way we have these subject matter experts and we reach out to them whenever someone needs a mentor. We also try to have ongoing networking events on a monthly basis where we gather the entire community, not just the students, but the alumni and the general community. And we often we try to bring as many interesting speakers and topics to really bring value to the community and to what they're doing. Um, and we have ongoing uh, like social media. We try to keep in touch as much as possible with our community to engage them so that it's not just one sided. We're pumping out information at them, but we really want to create a dialogue. Creating a dialogue that is actually being in a community, having people you can talk to and having there be very little barrier to entry, which I think is something that you guys facilitate in a wonderful way. Um, what are some of the plans for the future? Obviously, we're coming out of the pandemic, so I'm sure in person is a lot. I know I met some of your team at Collision Conference, actually, and we were very, very impressed with the show that you guys had on the floor there. But um, what's on deck for the next year, maybe, for you folks? Sure. So we have some exciting things that we're working on. Um, we're in the process of applying to get our MBA certification. So we're really hoping to provide an MBA program for entrepreneurs. So that's something that's 
in the pipeline. We're working on it. Um, we'll see. Hopefully it will happen this year or maybe next year, but with something that we're actively working on, we're continuing our international work. So as I mentioned, we're building the shovels are in the ground and our business acceleration campus is being built in Israel, which is really exciting as it's an opportunity to provide an international soft landing opportunity and to have our flagship location there to have access to everyone from the region can access it as a Canadian facility. So this is something that we're looking forward to. And then just continuing growing. And the most exciting thing that I didn't talk about it yet is our diploma program. So last year we got designated to offer a diploma program that is specifically for entrepreneurs. It's a year long. And the best part about it is it is tuition free for Canadian entrepreneurs. So what we noticed is that our 16 week program is great, but entrepreneurs were coming to us and saying, we want more. Um, we can't afford to go to a traditional MBA, both because we don't have $100,000 to invest in that right now. We don't have the time and the resources for it, but we really want more. And similar to when Yeti got started, um, we realized that our resources are limited in terms of ha- like taking these companies on and helping them so closely. So we knew that we need to develop a broader and deeper program, which is where this diploma program was created. And we're wrapping up the first um, batch of, of uh, students right now. So they'll be graduating in September and we're having our next cohort start in September again. So it's really exciting because it is tuition free. It's accessible to entrepreneurs and the entire program was created and curated for what an entrepreneur needs. So when you apply to the program, you apply with your business or your business idea. And every week, all the assignments, all the courses, everything is focused on your business. So no fluff, no, no filler courses, just direct information for your business. And at the end, you walk out with a solid business plan, access to mentors, and really much further along than you were when you started. That's amazing. And it's fully tuition free. And it is, again, no fluff, no filler. You're getting to the heart of the problem and making sure that the startups have what they need to take off. <laughs> Right. Exactly. Exactly. So again, it's tuition free and then they just pay a deposit. And if you maintain an 80% average, the deposit is returned right back to you at the end of the year. And that's it. That's fantastic. Okay. So now broadening it out a bit, let's talk about the state of startups in general. What's your take on the state of startups in general uh, today? Uh, Any tips for founders out there about, I guess, the current markets, whether it's for VCs or whether it's just for finding the access to support that you need to actually have the knowledge base to bring your startup off the ground? Um, It's a broad question, but I'd love to know your take. You know, I, I love that there's so much more access to information nowadays. I think 10 years ago, this information was a bit, um, you kind of had to know someone or to go to a program and things like that. And now this information is so freely available out there that if you really want to start something, it's all available to you. And most of it is available for free. So you can get started on your own and have a lot of the basics covered. And then Access to mentors and access to advisors, access to coaches is also something that is so um, available, especially in Canada right now. Organizations like ours, like Yeti, where you can apply to the program, attend for free, have access to all these mentors and really um, guide you and work with you to help you be successful. And lastly, there's a lot of opportunity from the government itself for funding. So any really excuse that someone would have before that I want to start something, but I don't have the knowledge, I don't have the community, I don't have the funding, all of those are out of your way. Your barriers are very limited. And if you don't stand in your own way, this is um, this would, this is what you need. You have everything you need to succeed. Absolutely. I think that's the state of the industry right now. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And I love that you did bring it back to funding um, because Canada offers so much in the way of innovation funding. If you're an R&D centric organization at any stage, there's money on the table for you to take. Canada is in the business of supporting its startup community and really making sure it can thrive. Um, I'm based here in Boston over in the US, but it's blown my mind the more I've learned about the CRA's IRAP program, the Shred ecosystem, all of that, and how it's just there for the taking. It's just a matter of knowing about it on the one hand and also finding the right partners who can help you actually take advantage of it, maximize your access to those credits, make sure that you have a capital strategy that makes sense for the long haul um, without overextending your resources, having that runway to really build that product, get you to the next stage of growth and take off. Because to your point, like you said, the resources are there. There's programs like Yeti. Um, I'm very excited to see the class of 2023 get their diplomas in September. That's really, really cool. Again, taking it broad, what are you most looking forward to now for the rest of 2023? Whether broadly in the startup community or for Yeti specifically, I know you've listed a few very exciting things that you have on the roadmap, but what what's top of the list for you? Uh, right now, we're actually working on our 10-year anniversary gala. So I'm really excited to highlight all the ventures that have gone through Yeti in the last 10 years, following up with them, highlighting them, seeing where they are today, and really showcasing them. So this is top of mind. Uh, for me personally, I'm excited to go back to work because I've been on maternity leave this year. Oh. So I'm excited next month to return to the office. So for me, that's really exciting. Congratulations, Maria. I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> All right. Well, this was fantastic. Um, I think that wraps it up for me. I cannot thank you enough for joining us on the show, Maria. Thanks, Paul. It was great to meet you. And thank you, listeners, for joining us. Please subscribe to What the Tech from Boost AI wherever you get your podcasts.